Welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications and Advocacy with NCBI. And today on my podcast, I have the pleasure of having a chat with Sylvia Maria Crowley, who is a Cork native moving up to the big smoke in Dublin. And she has just been called to the bar. So it's very exciting to hear about her life as a barrister. So welcome, Sylvia Maria. I'm delighted to have a chat with you. Thank you so much, June. It's so great to be here and I'm delighted to be able to, to come and chat with you as well. Great, great. And I suppose just for the benefit of our listeners, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, of course. Um, well, my name is, is Sylvia Maria. Um, I'm from Cork originally, from from just outside the city centre. Um, so I'm 100% a Cork native, um, but I've only recently moved off to Dublin now um, to pr- pursue my lifelong dream of um, practicing as a barrister of law. Um, so yeah, that's that's me in a little nutshell. In a nutshell, great, great, great. Um, and I suppose when um, you have been a, um, using NCBI services for, for the last number of years, and I suppose if you could just give us a little flavor of some of the services that you've availed of. Oh, of course, yeah. I actually only started availing of the NCBI services um very late in life because I only required them um very late in life. And then I linked in with the Cork branch um who were so helpful. And um Angela was my first port of call and she helped me with mobility aids um and with little adaptive aids for for improving and helping with home living and adapting with a visual impairment. And then I also linked in with Brian Manning, who helped me with the assistive technology um, side of things to to try and get some sort of um, resemblance back to to life before the visual impairment. Perfect. And I suppose, as you kind of mentioned there, you've kind of dipped in and out as you've see fit to to get additional uh, assistance or support or advice when you need it. Well, that's it. Yeah, like, like I, I never needed um the NCBI um going up because I actually had perfect vision, but I I actually had an accident which is what caused um my visual impairment um in in two thousand and seventeen, and that resulted in me um losing the central vision in my left eye, um as a result of that accident, and and that's what what caused my um my need to avail of the NCBI services. Um, and they've been great since. So now that I'm up in Dublin, I'll be linking up in the the Dublin branch just to assist with kind of um, orientation and um, learning how to kind of navigate this new space because I, I struggle with um, the dark and with um, visuals, with visual um, seeing things in the dark. So um, I'll be linking in with them now to, to kind of learn how to navigate my new environment. That's understandable, definitely. And tell us, um, how did you get on in, in college in terms of kind of, did you need additional support for accessing books or resources or any of those kind of things? Yes, I did. And it, um, the Cork branch um, have a great link with UCC and the Disability Support Services up there. And um, you're assigned your own disability support advisor. Mine was Michelle and she she links in with the NCBI and they kind of work together in terms of uh, providing supports with people um, with visual impairment. And between the NCBI, um, they offered me the obviously the bookshare in NCBI to be able to get all of my books. Um, and have them um, in, enabled for my dolphin reader and to have them read to me. Um, obviously, during law in college, it's quite reading intensive. Um, yes. 
everything and uh, all the cases are often quite long they often involve like a lot lots of hours of reading and because at the time I was only recently diagnosed with the visual impairment I had to limit my um, screen time of actually physically reading it myself because of course um, growing up non-visually impaired um, I had only ever been used to reading things um, visually myself um, yes. so it was definitely a new a new learning style to have to adapt to in in terms of having everything read to me um and then having to try and process it from that so that was definitely a journey but um the NCBI was so helpful with like different types of apps that I could have on my phone or on my tablet and with different types of software to try and help me be as comfortable with the with the changeover process um as possible and um I, I got the easy reader um I had audible for like my own personal kind of books um because I loved to read and then they provided access to um, my law books if they could on Bookshare um, via the NCBI and I could kind of download them then to my to my e-reader um, as I needed them. And UCC linked in with that, with providing me then um, with any kind of resources so they would get books um, in digital copies to enable me to do that. And they provided me with um, a CCTV and they situated one in the library as well um, for me to be able to use the short-term loan books, um, which are only allowed out for like maybe two hours, um, to be able to see them and, and magnify them so that I'd be able to read them. So it was a long journey in college and obviously they, they provided me with recordings of lectures um, and all my professors and lecturers in UCC, especially in the School of Law, were most helpful and so understanding of my um, various requirements, um, especially if I needed um, like extra time to submit assignments because obviously the researcher took um, it would take me a bit longer because I was limited in terms of my time and access to computers and things like that at the time. But it, they were so they were so understanding. And I think being linked in with the NCBI, I wouldn't have known about all the supports available in college. Um, but without them, I, could, I couldn't have completed my course without them. So, you know, I owe them. I owe them so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, to be fair, you've also uh, accomplished all these achievements on your own as well. Um, but it. I'm heartened to hear that the UCC access officer and the um, professors were as accommodating and supportive, um, recognising the, the different formats you needed and um, allowing those adaptations to be made. Because I appreciate that if you lost your vision quite suddenly as a result of an, an accident, it was a, a whole process for you to adjust as well. Oh, yes, 100% it was. Um, like I said, the... The um, accident happened in 2017 and it was um, late 2018, 2019 before I really began to be able to to get to a point where I could actually return to, co to college and return to some sort of learning. Um, and it was it was a big adaption, especially for home living and, you know, everything that I was normally able to do by myself suddenly had to be done. Um, in a slightly different way or had to be adapted. There was a lot of adaptions I had to make at home. Um, in terms of my even home environment, which I lived in for years, um, yes. and the NCBI provided me with, with so much guidance, especially Andrew Brennan, she's um, in terms of the home living adaptions, um, like they provided me with advice on the types of lighting because I was suffering a lot from having migraines 
um, from very bright light. So I had to get glasses with Andy Glare in them. And um, Angela was great in providing advice on the different types of lighting that would be suitable for um, the house. And we ordered in light bulbs then. So my my mom was thrilled <laughs> with all the new bright light light bulbs in the house. Um, but, you know, it's those kind of things which have made a difference and which have now been uh, which have now enabled me to be able to be you know living on um, living uh, in Dublin and um, without the assistance of my parents but it was it was a long journey and definitely something to um it's definitely something that needed a lot of work <laughs> yeah, <laughs> needed a lot sure. of work and, and needed a lot of uh, ups and downs before we kind of got to to some point where which was reasonable that's fair enough fair enough um and i suppose as you say now that you're you're up in Dublin, you've got a, an exciting new role ahead of you, being called to the bar and um, a, a very busy role. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, be, being a barrister and, and what that in, in involves for you. Yes, yeah, so it's very exciting. So as you said, I was called to the bar um, only recently. So I'll be commencing my first year now as a devil first. We do deviling for um, one year. Um, I have a master, that's what they're called, and I'll be his um, deviling pupil. Um, and um, my master now is based in the criminal courts of justice. So I'll be deviling with him um, for the first year coming um, in this coming October. Um, but obviously after being called to the bar by the, the Chief Justice, um, of the Supreme Court, which was such an honour. Um, I am officially um, a barrister at law and allow practice in any court of the state. So it's very exciting. So my my next year will be all about um, getting to meet my fellow colleagues and um, learning the practical ropes as such um, in terms of being a barrister at law. And I'm, I expect to learn a lot from my master. He's excellent and um yeah it, it's kind of about putting all the, the training and learning you got in king's inns into practice and getting that that practical experience of being a trained advocate on behalf of of those who require your services so very exciting oh i can hear the enthusiasm in your voice it's fabulous for you it really is um and what's, what's always struck me is is that kind of um language that's used in, in in the world of being a barrister like that deviling and your master and stuff it, it's also um i suppose antiquated really because i'm guessing it comes from a, a legacy really of the the english system and how that was so um prevalent in ireland when we were under english rule and yet we still have it we carry that language today Yes, it is. And and to be fair, um it, it does sound very antiquated. It does sound very it does sound very strange. And of course, June, you're completely right. It does come from um the, the English um history and tradition, which is where our courts obviously firm formally um came from and now kind of do their own thing. But um the Bar Council of Ireland have kept um, a lot of the traditions and have kept a lot of the, the history that's associated with being a barrister um, alive and well. And it, it came originally from um, the English, as you said, legal system where it was a junior barrister, which is a junior council, um, was taking on work like 
undertaking. It was paid work at the hot time on behalf of a, a senior barrister. Um, and that's where the whole deviling <laughs> pupil came from, a master yes. and, and such. And it is quite antiquated. But, you know, I, I think it's actually I quite I quite like it. I like the fact that there's so much history in in the role. There's so much history and um, tradition sure. in the role. And they really they're the one they're the one kind of group that really hold on to it and are kind of reluctant to um you know, forget, forget the origins. And you can even see that in our gowns, um, in our robes and in our tabs in, in the traditional court attire. Uh, they still have the, um, what they used to call the coin purse at the back of the junior council robe. Um, and, you know, they still hang on to, to the robes and the tabs out of um, tradition and history. But, you know, I think it's great because we've we've we are now wearing and using the terminology that so many of us before have used and you feel like you're part of a a journey but obviously I don't call my master master by his I just call him by his (laughs) name but that's the (laughs) but that's the official term is um master and and pupil and we're deviling for the year so but uh he he just calls me Sylvia (laughs) and I just call him Gareth so it's uh it's not that formal in um in person that's okay and you obviously still need to wear the 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 gown as well the gown and the wig as well no um the gown and the robes and tabs are um of course mandatory in the courts but the wigs have actually been um done away with for want of a better word they're not no longer mandatory in court anymore which is um i don't know is that good or bad thing i suppose some people like them some people didn't um but now especially in dublin you're you're not required to wear your wig in court anymore many people don't um i know gareth who who is my um, barrister that I'm going to be devilling under for the year? He he doesn't wear his at all, really, and um, many of the judges don't wear them um, at all. So when we were called to the bar, even um, recently there in the Trinity term, Chief Justice Frank Clark wasn't wearing his wig, wig at all. Um, but of course, he was wearing his judges' robes. Um, so I did. I opted. We were given the option. We could either wear the wig for the ceremony or not it was completely up to us given the fact that they're not required or mandatory to wear in court when you're before um, a judge so I opted not to <laughs> I opted not to wear the wig and just to to, to go in with just my robes and tabs um, yeah. so yeah. yeah well I suppose it as you say it's discretionary some people might still want to hold on to that tradition very close and others are happy, happy, happily to modernize a little bit so it, it's it's very individual and I suppose, tell us, you're now going to be in, in a courtroom setting. So in terms of your own um, visual impairment, is there any kind of um, adaptations that you feel you need in terms of having a greater orientation of your space? Or is there any um, assistance you need from, from the judicial system or, or Gareth in order to make sure that you can do your, your devilling for the forthcoming year to the best for your advantage? Um, well, that's definitely a great question, um, June, because obviously um, a visual impairment is, is uh, for someone having a visual impairment, it's very different from someone who has no visual impairment. And obviously we can do things at um, different speeds, but we just do things in different ways. Um, and that's the most important True. thing to remember. Um, although in this line of work, being visually impaired is not that common. 
<laughs> um, as you can understand, because it's so reading and text heavy and it's so case heavy and it involves reading and, and writing and it's very traditional in that sense. But there has been a move, especially in the last two years, um, given COVID and everything that's happened with going online, um, to make um, briefs and to make court documents and pleadings available online um, to the, the various um, parties to the case. Um, and that will make a huge difference um, for someone like me who is visually impaired and needs things in a digital format and to be e-reader friendly and to be able to use them maybe with if they were in physical copies with my CCTV um, or in a digital format that would be um, very friendly for like dolphin now or um the normal kind of on my tablet i have my my normal little e-reader um so it's those kind of things that will make the difference now for someone with visually impaired but if you were even talking two years ago that would have been not heard of you know digital copies unless you kind of scanned the physical copies in themselves and um, so those are the kind of things that will make a difference and which is what I would require is having things available in digital copies and um, to yeah. enable me to, to, to operate to the best of my ability and in terms of the services from the NCBI now as I already mentioned now that I'm up in Dublin I'll be linking in with them to get some orientation and navigation training and I'm hoping that they will also assist me in um, the new building that I'll be based in which is the Criminal Courts of Justice and um, to help orientate me around that as well because obviously I could be there in the evenings and that would be um, important to be able to navigate that by myself um, so those are definitely the things and I, I hope that the the, the um, people down in the criminal courts of justice wouldn't have an issue with the NCBI um, assisting me in that in that um, regard so those are the kind of things that will be required um, from the justice system here um, but I'm sure they will have no problem because they do have a very good um, access and um, policy and um, disability policy and they're very um, keen on open access to all to allow everyone to, to participate in, in whatever um, line of work that they want to you know. Dead right dead right and I, I suppose it is a, a public building essentially so it has to be accessible and inclusive um, for all individuals accessing that building whether it's, it's judicial whether it's criminal whether it's family whether it's whoever the public journalists um, I suppose the building in and of itself needs to be uh, accessible. Of course, exactly. Yeah. So it, it is. And that's the great thing about our justice system is that um, court is always done in, in public in the sense that you can go into any courtroom um, and to hear any case that you like whenever you like. The only cases that are prohibited from the public would be family law cases. And those are denoted with the sign um, in camera um, to let yes. you know that you're not allowed in there, obviously, to protect the um, identity of, of maybe young children and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yes, of course, um, justice is always done in public. So, of course, they have to be accessible and inclusive to, to all members of the public, um, regardless of what kind of maybe visual impairment or other ways that they might have. True, true. And I suppose, um, lastly, just to, to ask you, what one piece of advice would you give to another person who's been recently diagnosed with a, a sight loss condition or, like yourself, kind of acquired it quite suddenly? Oh, that's a great question, June. My my main piece of advice would be to access the services in your area. Um, before I had my visual impairment, I knew nothing really about the NCBI um, or anything that they do or what they provide, except for the fact that I knew that they assisted um, 
extremely visually impaired or, or fully blind people. And when I first had my accident, I didn't think I qualified for their services because I was like, oh, you know, I'm only visually impaired in one eye, you know, they, they would help people with, who would need it far more than I would. But they offer their services to people with every degree of sight loss, um, whether it's extreme to mild to moderate. Um, they are accessible and inclusive to everybody who has any type of visually impairment and they're, they're more than happy to help. So my advice would be, regardless of what your diagnosis is or what degree of sight loss you have or impairment is to make contact with your local NCBI branch and just go in, have a chat with them, explain what your diagnosis is, explain what you what you um what you feel you need or what you're having troubles with and you'd be surprised with the little things that they could could help you with like there are some things there that I thought I wouldn't be able to do again and with the help of NCBI and their adaptive um, equipment and their um, home living adaptions and aids I, I've been able to to come back to some sort of normality and um, so my advice would be to definitely link in with the services and not be afraid to ask for for help in anything that you might need. Fair point. Um, and I suppose it, it it allows me to prompt any listeners who does want to contact our services to phone the info line 1850 33 Um, And for now, all I can do is wish you the very, very best in your career as um, a barrister. I, I hope the whole devilling year you find very, very productive and enlightening. Um, and I'm sure you're going to, to learn the ropes inside out and, and best of luck. And I really... Uh, I hope it all works out for you. Thank you so much, June, and thank you so much for having me on today. It's been great. Thanks.